okay. Um, insert really cool <laughs> intro here, everybody. Uh, hello, hey, Eric, hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. What's 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 shaking in Santiago? What's shaking in Santiago? You know, everybody, everybody was. I mean, I had pulpo yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, with uh, what? I forget the name of it. It was with garlic. And yeah. Pulpo for everyone who doesn't speak Spanish, which would include myself. Speaks, but I understand a lot. Uh, is uh, octopus, and frankly, it's incredible. Yeah, it's well, it, it's it's kind of. I mean, you can get octopus all over Spain, but it's known in Galicia that that is where the best octopus is. Yeah, uh, and it is. It, it there's. I mean, there's. That's usually where I've had the best octopus, especially. Uh, I've never had it the way you had it with with garlic, but I've had, usually it's afera, a, a yeah. which is like you know they cook it with some potatoes and got some pimenton on it, and it's just yeah. oh, it's just delicious. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't ever want to eat it any other way. Again, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, wow. a la plancha is okay, uh, yeah, grilled, yeah. but but the this way was like so much flavor. It was just like oh, yeah. and it was buttery in the mouth and. Kind of want to go back and see if they have it again today. Yeah. So, so a lot of people would be like, would wonder, like, what are we, ta- like, what are we talking about when we say, you know, obviously octopus, but then the seafood, particularly in Galicia, you know, it, it, so if you come to Spain, I think Galicia is a place you should go. Don't go to Barcelona. Don't go to Madrid. Go to Galicia, rent a car, drive, drive up and down the coast. But the, the coast has these rias, right? They have these, inlets that go way into yeah into rivers and because and they're, they're like filled with like silt and because of that they that, that's where all these shellfish naturally grow and then they have farms and so they just have all these amazing clams mussels uh mm-hmm. what are those things called those uh zambarinas or veras what is that that's a scallop, uh, scallops. It's a scallop yeah, yeah scallops yeah. scallops and all kinds of amazing things. You yeah. you could, in order to get a meal of scallops, scallops should be eat, eaten sparingly because of the. Yes. You would need to take out a loan in order to make a meal out of scallops, but they are incredible. I made razor oh, clams at home. Yeah. The other day, the value for what you get in Galicia, so you can get scallops yeah. for a crazy cheap price yes, for what a scallop is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but but it's still nine ten euro per for scallop at a good place. No, well, I don't know about that. I think you can get a full plate of Zamburinas for 15. El, El like, Gato Negro is one, which is like the tapas place. In, yeah. Um, so but I, I, I'm sure there's, there's places. There's okay. other. Yeah. I, I, there's, I think there's some other places you could get some really good. Uh, it is a Mecca for seafood. Yeah. No doubt about it. And uh, why is only Swedish coming to mind? uh concerning price price wise that's what i want price yeah, wise yeah, yeah. It, it's in a you get the value that you get for your money it's incredible uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's very cheap. the other day i bought from the store for three and a half euros uh 500 grams of razor clams and cooked yeah. them at home yeah. i might need to have dental work because i didn't quite get the sand yeah <laughs> that's a trick out of them. Still gotta figure it, out how to yeah get well it's, yeah, it's but... easy i've been reading about it but it it i needed to let them soak longer and change out the water and yeah uh, stimulate them uh filtering the water a little better so mm-hmm. but anyway it was uh honestly i was my kids were like i was trying to get them to eat some and they're like no way man and uh so i was like okay so i <laughs> 500 my dinner was 500 clams 500 grams of razor clams which yeah. 
I, I don't know. There's something magic in those things. So yeah, those are, they're really good. Oh my gosh. They're incredible. Okay. That's why people come to this is for, we'll, we'll do a special podcast on breakdown of seafood uh, in Spanish and okay. Chorizo. What, what, what do they, what magic do they put in that sausage? Cause that's just stupid. No, it's really, I think just the, the it's really good pig and a little bit of uh pimenton. Yeah. You know, and smoke it. Yeah. Smoke it a little bit. Gosh. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. It's um, I've been putting it in everything lately. Uh, okay, chorizo and peanut butter wasn't a good choice, but no, but you know you might be able to figure that out. You got to so. try it. Uh, okay, I'm just kidding. Did not try that. <laughs> hey, uh, so I've been having a little something something rolling around in the noggin uh, mm-hmm. that uh, we've been processing through. You and I have talked a little bit about it, but I thought we could uh, verbally process here on this open forum known as the Rabbit Trails Podcast. See where it goes. Um, so a little background to kind of. Well, the, the topic is just evangelism as play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll give, uh, this is going to be quite a bit of uh, runway in order to get this plane off the ground, but, but I think uh, it'll be worth it. So a couple of things have been rolling around in my head lately um, concerning play and the importance of play in the development of children, but also of continued play for overall happiness and contentment in adults. And I was listening to a podcast of uh, a psychologist and a philosopher and a theologian mm-hmm. discuss uh, the important, oh, and an evolutionary biologist discuss uh, kind of what play is and how in the evolutionary biologist was saying in animals, you can still see quite a bit of play, but also the mm-hmm. psychologist was saying that, you know, in order for um, certain animals to to develop, they have to have a certain amount of rough and tumble play, but then as they get older, play mm-hmm. continues. So even animals play uh, and how important this play is uh, for uh, adults. And so the psychologist was saying, you know, eventually you get to a point where play, you don't, you know, yes, you play like we, we do, we have hobbies and things like that, basketball, mm-hmm. football, you know, riding bikes, whatever. And that's a form of play. But one of the things he was saying was it's actually you, you don't, you don't ever venture far in your life from what you enjoyed playing as a child. So mm-hmm. he would say, even when you're having uh, small talk that you enjoy or engaging mm-hmm. in deep conversation, that's a form of play because your mm-hmm. mind's interactive. So the same centers in your brain that light up when you're playing Legos and mm-hmm. you enjoy mm-hmm. that as a kid light up as an adult when you're when you're doing things that you quote unquote enjoy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and I've been thinking a lot about um, uh, if we go to Romans, uh, Romans six, uh, Paul comes to the point where he says, therefore you've been baptized with Christ. And he says, do not consider the members of your body as instruments of unrighteousness, but as instruments of righteousness. And so an instrument being hands, feet, eyes, ears, mouth, uh, literally the physical parts of your body, as well as your spirit, your mind, your soul, and your body. Um, consider these as instruments of right righteousness to bring glory to God on earth. And then he revisits that later in Romans 12 and we overcomplicate Romans 12, 1 and 2 um, by saying, um, I don't know, I've heard so many sermons on it, but basically the gist of many sermons is, 
you got to renew your mind, man. And you know what that means. We don't ever really know. And some people take a stab at, okay, what is the renewing of the mind and, and all these things. And then he says, consider your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to the Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we get all sorts of sermons about what that means. Well, I think Paul in chapter 12, he says, therefore, He's referring back to the 11 previous chapters that came, but I think primarily he's probably referring back to chapter six, where he's saying, consider the members of your body as instruments of righteousness. So we, because we've been freed from sin, we have an opportunity to use the members of our body as instruments of righteousness. Then he says, therefore, become a living sacrifice renew your mind. So change what, how you perceive yourself and renew your mind in that way and see yourself as a living and holy sacrifice. And then, so what does that mean? Well, three through the rest of the chapter, Paul gets crazy practical so much so that he says, if your gift is giving, then give liberally. Mm -hmm. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is this, then this, um, I know that when we he- when we see gifts in the Bible, we often tend to think that these are spiritual gifts, and Paul probably is talking about a spiritual gift, but I don't think he necessarily has to be one saying one that is given at the inception of regeneration, okay? So at the moment of regeneration, a, a spiritual gift that otherwise was not there, I think it also may be, I think it may be um, actual talents and predispositions that are within a person. Mm -hmm. So in part, what Paul could be saying is look at your instruments as instruments of righteousness. If your instrument is you have a knack for giving, then go hog wild on it, get crazy Mm -hmm. with it. If you have a, a, a propensity for hospitality, then hospitalitize or, (laughs) And so as I've been thinking about that in the, in the realm of uh, evangelism, mm-hmm. so part of the problem that I think that we have is we tend to think of evangelism as in a very narrow corridor of realm of possibility of what, what qualifies as evangelism. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that people understand a propositional knowledge that Jesus rose and died from or died and rose from the dead and is we are forgiven from our sins and he was going to return and the whole message of the gospel. And so we went to present that to people and in an effort to present that to people in a certain way, we tend to think of the realm of possibility of how that can be presented as very narrow. So mm-hmm. one way of saying this is, um, Tom Cruise is particularly talented at communicating ideas, drama, and story in the manner that he does as an actor. Mm -hmm. Therefore, every actor should try to reproduce what Tom Cruise does. And if every actor does that, every actor fails. But an actor becomes really good when an actor finds his or her voice. When they learn how to play, they use their talents as instruments of righteousness in order to communicate an idea. But they're, they're the realm of possibility where they're good. So I would say that Will Ferrell is an excellent actor, but 
he is a goofball actor. He does some serious parts, but he has a very, also a, a specific set that he's good at. Will Ferrell's talent is very different than Tom Cruise's talent. <laughs> it's different than Anthony Hopkins. And so what I would say is they do their best in acting when they are playing, when they're, when, when the various centers of their brain are lighting up in order to do that role. I think we do our best evangelism when we're playing. So if mm-hmm. part of it is you love hospitality, you love making space for people or me, I like proclaiming. So I like debate and thinking about the ideas. And so the way that I share Christ with people is often very interactive or, you know, let's, let's banter about, but that's different than someone else. And if someone tries to do it the way I do it, it's, it's going to come off ham handedly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stop there. Cause there's a ton of stuff there. What do you think about that? Am I, am I <laughs> so far, so far, have I said anything uh-huh. heretical? Like, should I repent or anyway, so take that from where you want, but this is kind of the idea that's floating around in my head. lately. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're nuts. But um, <laughs> no, I think I think it's something we've, we've kind of played around with before uh, is, you know, I, I think there's there's a couple extremes in evangelism that we run to. Number one is uh, like kind of what you alluded to is this idea that we have to do a certain way or evangelism is a certain thing that happens, uh, you know, at a, at a moment in time. Um, I, I, as I've been in ministry longer and longer, I, I, I'm, I'm less predisposed to that idea that like, it's a presentation, right? That that's part of it that has to happen, I think. But so, so, you know, in, in a lot of sense, people get really stuck on the, I've got to present something, right? So we, we get ourselves trained, we build up into that. And I, once again, I think all Christians should be able to explain the gospel. And if someone comes up to them and asks, they should be able to uh, you know, point them in the right direction or help them understand it. But that, you know, but there are certain people who maybe are better at talking to the person next to them on the airplane. There's certain people, you know, who are better at, you know, other ways uh, of, of communicating. Um, so, I, I, but I think we tend to pigeonhole everyone or try to pigeonhole everyone into, into a certain kind of, and our trainings are, most of our trainings are kind of built around that. Not, not so much, that's changed a lot. On the other end, as you get, we go in this kind of slippery slope of, uh, on the backside of this uh, is that, well, it's just all about kind of hanging out in relationships. Right. So then you have mm-hmm. that aspect of it, which is, you know, and I, and I, I think, unfortunately we have this continuum and I think the continuum is wrong because I think, I think what you're getting at more is, is something that's more reality, which is just, what are you good at? What do you like to do? Make that part of your life and make sharing the gospel, you know, in, in that, you know, uh, and and I, I I and I do think I do think there's something else that's very interesting here. When we talk about play, that usually happens in group. Yeah, right. Usually, not always. I play video games. There's a few myself. loner child children. I, you I, you I play, do your yeah. flight simulator. <laughs> I do my I do my my flights by myself. I try to involve other people, but no one really wants to watch me. <laughs> no one fly around Spain <laughs> and, uh, or wherever else I'm I'm thinking about going. So, but so, so I think one thing that I've been kicking around is this idea that we need to also make a shift. And I think this may be the part of it is, so if we're making a shift to like play, you know, what we also need to make a shift that evangelism is not a one person job. It is a community job. Yeah. 
and and we need to invite more. And I think that that's a very American and maybe a very crude thing is like, I got my guy that I'm working on, you know, my project. I'm going to keep him over here by myself, not involved, let him involve with other other people because I need to be the guy who shares the gospel and gets this thing, seals the deal for lack of a better term, which is a horrible way of, of talking about evangelism. Um, <laughs> but to make it more organic and more, which probably would have been, the, you know, the early church as well. And, and even, ch- you know, church mode evangelism is probably a lot more like that, right? Except it's just like, can I get someone into the pew? You know, it tends to be that that mode. Like if I could just invite yeah. a friend to the pew. Whereas right. what I need is inviting people into community, inviting people into the in the beauty of all that that is. But that requires us to be in communities and be in play in those communities to, to some degree, I think is what, what I would say. But this, I think we do need to make that shift, what you're talking about. And then I think part of that shift is also, to you know maybe to avoid this idea that evangelism evangelism can be a point in time and a moment and a presentation it can but let's not limit it to that we need to open up the yeah i I think i think i think evangelism in some sense needs to be expanded to the idea that it is the making jesus known Mm -hmm. whenever and however uh, in, in the, in the run of our daily lives. So, mm-hmm. um, that, that, that doesn't mean that everything is evangelism because if everything is evangelism, then what really is evangelism? Right? Nothing so, is evangelism. so there, there is a something of the declaration of the good news of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ that needs to be highlighted. And then there also needs to be a certain amount of uh, maybe challenge or uh, opportunity to engage more or something like that. But I think, I think what I, what I experienced, so, okay. So my son really likes to, um, he did it more. He hasn't done a lot lately. I think it might be a parenting mistake, but um, (laughs) he, he likes to, he likes to, he wants to bake something every now and then. Right. Mm-hmm. But he never wants to do a recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, he just kind of wants to throw things in a, in a bowl, mix it up, put it in the oven, see what, see what happens. happens. Yeah. yeah. It's just that certain ingredients are more expensive than others. So we don't know, mm-hmm. you know, we always say as parents, you're always trying to run that balance of, okay, what do we, what do we just decide we're going to let be thrown away? And uh, mm-hmm. you know, what do we, what do we fight here? And, mm-hmm. um, but there is a certain amount of like with cooking, you need to know certain basics in order to get really creative. Yeah. And so I think that's the case with evangelism. So I'm not, I'm not with the idea of play. I'm not like, Hey, what do you like doing? I'm, I like, uh, building sandcastles. Great. Go build sandcastles f- for Jesus. And that's evangelism without any forethought or, or any, let's say uh, intentionality mm-hmm. about training or, Hey, what is the gospel? Like we need to make sure people understand what is yep. the message yep. of Jesus. And so that's where I think, uh, you know, teaching and training and everything else goes, but I think it's those trainings tend to present as, mm, I, let me, let me, I'm going to be careful not to throw what we're doing into too harsh of a bucket. So let me just say, I know that when I have done trainings, I have presented uh, methods that I typically use 
which I find helpful as mm-hmm. the way. Uh, so I don't say, hey, this is the only way, but it can come off as, hey, look, this is this is a really good way. Yeah, you got to do it this way. And, the, and then I think, I think people can take that. So the error that happens is that people hear that and go, okay, well, this is the way I have to do it. And someone mm-hmm. who maybe isn't as com- comfortable with it because it maybe doesn't, maybe it doesn't feel like play to them. Maybe it just doesn't, you know, for whatever reason, they take that and go, gosh, I can't, I can't be involved in evangelism. This this is too hard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think in some sense and in our trainings and in our talking about evangelism, one of the things that we need to, I think, try to encourage is, Hey, you, you, are good at things, but also you enjoy certain things and the things that you enjoy are the things that will make people most comfortable and where Mm -hmm. you'll be most comfortable. Um, And the space where you're most comfortable is where your creativity juices get flowing and where you have an opportunity to, I would say more easily. It doesn't mean it's easy. It's just maybe more easily or maybe more Mm -hmm. effectively. you're able to, to, to make Jesus known in that way. So like some people Mm -hmm. bring order to Mm -hmm. life. Um, I don't know how you change that into something where you can present the gospel, but there's, there's ways, right? So I think some people play by bringing order to chaos, like Mm -hmm. uh, people who are really gifted at administration, they can look at, I don't know, Excel spreadsheets or, or a, a, a chaotic office and they can go, Ooh, I can play here. And yeah. that's literally what's going on in their head. And yeah. so they begin to bring order to that. And everyone begins to thrive in a way that they weren't otherwise thriving. Yeah. Whereas if I was the person who was in charge of bringing order, I'm not sure I could. Yeah. And so then I think people don't thrive under that. And so that somehow that's related to evangelism. I think somehow yeah. those things are related. Well, I think what you're, you're then are also saying is, is, is getting at is this, you know, the, the fullness of the church in a yeah. sense, you know, because, you know, um, there is, there is a sense, I, I mean, I'll play around here a little bit too, but is there is a sense in that evangelism or maybe test the testimony, the testimony of the church as it is in its presence. So even just talking about a, a small community of people in that there is a, is a, those people interacting, working together, the different uh, diversity, giftings, talents <clears throat> that come together, hopefully, uh, speak of something much bigger and draw people to it, right? So there's, right. In, the, in, the, in the sense, and, and, and that's clear in the, the thing, New Testament is like, you know, the, the, the testimony of the body of believers uh, draws people into know Jesus because of who they are, how they act. So, you know, and, and I think that's a part of we often forget in evangelism is there has to be an integrity behind what it's presented. So, so maybe yeah. one, when it's one side is testimony and one side is evangelism proclamation or action of mission that goes out, but the two have to be, you know, together. You can't have one without the other in some sense, although testimony will get you pretty far. People will show up sometimes if your testimony is, um, but, but then when I was thinking about that, something came to mind of like, uh, did Paul do trainings? Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I wonder if even because we've so parsed out evangelism as something that is kind of external, special, unique, partially because we stopped doing it or we, we struggle with it, that, you know, obviously, Paul, they trained, they read the Bible, they they did, they there was, you know, I don't know if they had weekend seminars, I don't know how they did it, 
but they, there was some form of discipleship and passing on. But did they do evangelism? Okay, here's how you do evangelism. Right. I don't know. There may have been conversations. Hey, well, uh, you know, what do you say to those Jewish guys? What do you say to those Greek guys? What do you say to those Roman guys? You know, but I don't know. If, so, I, so I wonder too, if part of it is we created evangelism as a thing. Yeah, right. We, yeah, right. Well, yeah. yeah. So it's not natural. So we've made it unnatural by making it a thing. Mm-hmm. In some sense, so I wonder if that. So I'm not once again. I'm not. I'm not saying we shouldn't do evangelism trainings. It's fine, but I wonder if that's part of our Western. Like, do they do? Like, like I have friends whose job is they go, they plant churches in India because they go to the village. Usually, the demon possessed person comes running out. <laughs> they 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 stop him. They cast out the demons, and everyone goes, "Whoa!" Right. Like, what's going on here? And they go, "Well, here, let me tell you about Jesus." Right. Right. I have a friend in the Philippines. Uh, he his evangelism strategy is he goes to towns and he goes, hey, where, where, where's a haunted house? And they're like, that's the haunted house. And he goes, well, I'm going to go live there. And he goes, lives there. You know, sometimes there it's superstition. So there's nothing there. And they right. shows them like we have power over this. But sometimes there's been he has spiritual things happen and he gets rid of that. And people go, whoa, something's different here. Yeah. You know, and that's a different. But, but there's no training for that. So, so I, I, well, I don't think so. But so I wonder, have we in the Western American mindset so had to like engineer it or think of ways to, you know, that we've missed that this is just needs to be a natural outflow of who we are, what God's calling us and how, how we live our lives. Yeah. I so so I, part of it, it's a little bit, it's probably both and because I mean, yeah. Paul, Paul was trained in certain schools of thought and yeah. both both Greek and Hebrew. So he no, I'm not saying they should they, they, they he had modes of, of thinking. He had yeah. modes of thinking and modes of argumentation. Yeah. And certainly he engaged himself in in lots of um you know discourse. Yeah. And uh I always love that people are like Acts 17, what a what a uh, what a sermon. And it's like he got laughed off the mountain. I always find that yeah, yeah. it's like yeah no one paid attention to that sermon except like five people. But it was a success because those five yeah. people became, you know, important to the church in Athens. But anyway, so so I don't I mean I think and you know certainly he had prayer meetings so there there was the the guy the slave who fell out of the window and then they had to pray over him and he you know came back to life and so something was going on there paul would meet in the gymnas the what do we call that i'm i'm getting swedish spanish and greek all the the gymnasium uh and in mm-hmm. was it corinth um mm-hmm. you know for several years and so were they meeting just praying or was he training uh, there was teachings that were going on for, for correct doctrine, but were, were any of those, Hey, here's how you make Jesus known to this yeah. type of person. Uh, maybe isn't that sophisticated, but maybe, maybe, maybe modern modes of teaching on evangelism arose out of necessity because either the culture was changing so fast. I mean, if you think, I think a lot of these trainings are relatively young mm-hmm. that's that, think, that's what i i feel yeah. yeah but i think maybe a lot of them come but came about because of just how fast the world was changing i mean so yeah. then when you got you know i mean from from the turn of the century so from late 1800s early 1900s so for the last what 130 years the world's been changing wickedly fast mm-hmm. and i think it's hard for your average person to 
keep up with that. So maybe it's out of necessity. So I don't think it's such a bad thing. Like, like, uh, I don't know, Nabil Qureshi when he was alive, right. I, I got to spend a little bit of time with him and then as, as well as, you know, be a part of some trainings that he did. I think the training he was doing on sharing Christ with Muslims was hugely important mm-hmm. for American audiences because yeah. at the time, and I still think, you know, because of 9-11 and terrorists, so perceptions of Muslims was wretched. So I think some of that's, I think some of it's necessary, but I think, I think is your point then basically sometimes when you take it, like if you've got a basket full of all the elements of what it takes to make the church and see people come to Christ, and we say, hey, we want to take this one element out and study it. And so we take it out of the basket it mm-hmm. then loses some of its, um, it becomes well, a little too rote to, I, th- I think what it is, is you've divorced evangelism yeah. from Christ- Christian life. Yeah. Okay. Instead of it. So, so Paul, that's what I'm saying. Paul, certainly they did training in the church. Well, yeah. They did formation. I don't think they did training. I don't think they're like, here's how you do this. Right. I think they studied the uh, word very Western, very modern yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. So the part of it is a modern Western way of thinking. We know how to do it versus, we need to live a lifestyle or, or, or live a life. So, so no one was going, okay, what's your, Paul, what's your four point evangelism strategy for this? They just went out and did it. And so he may have intuited a lot of that because he grew up in certain contexts, but I, people just went out and do it, did it. And we've so divorced, we've made evangelism into this thing that you do external almost to your day-to-day life. Now the best yeah. trainings and the best people who are good at evangelism it's just part of their life. You see that. Right. Right. Because um, they have, they're, they're in integrist. They're, they yeah. have inter- like there's yeah. consistency in, in their life. Exactly. And they're a good community. What, you know, whatever it is, you know, maybe they're just good looking. I don't know. Um, you know, uh, but you're, but you're fickle as humans. <laughs> yeah. But so, I, so I wonder if that the, the need to train, I mean, like, I, I feel like for instance, Alpha, Alpha, when they do when evangelism training in Alpha is su- super simple. Mm-hmm. Can you invite your friend? Can you sit with them? Can you listen to them? Can you pray for them? You know, and I, I but I, I think other, and once again, I'm not trying to dog other, you know, trainings and stuff, because I think we need all of it. And I'm not, but I, but I do think there's a tension there that creates this uh, expertise, or I've got to be able to get up in front of people and present something, or I've got to give a really good argument. Uh, when in reality, I, I just don't see that's how most people, you know, necessarily come to, come to faith. They see it because, you know, if you if you talk to people, if you really start talking to people, it's like, well, I got involved in this group and they treated me a certain way. And then I so then I said, well, okay, well. Why is that? And someone talked about, you know, a lot of people become Christians and then later on figure out what they really believe. I think that's another thing that happens. Like yeah. the idea that you can that even in a, in a four spiritual laws, once again, not dying for spiritual laws, great innovation, something that's helped a lot of people understand. But the fact that I feel like I'm still learning the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, how many times am I, am I converting myself over, over time? So, I, so it's, it's just, I think there's a lot that needs to be unpacked and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, I'll say an agnostic about, well, when, when does someone become a Christian? I don't know when Jesus, well, I'm also Presbyterian and, uh, you know, fairly reformed. So when, when, when Jesus decides they're a Christian, they're a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, does that mean they knew, they know everything, they under, understand everything? Do they, do you have to understand grace to receive grace? Right. You know, I mean, so there's, there's a lot of 
trickiness there about you know when when did someone cross a line well right. if you if you want to say it's this that's great that helps you but i don't know who knows jesus yeah. you know we'll leave it up to him uh but i used to worry about you used to worry about that a lot you know oh yeah like, there were hot debates when you and i were yeah in college and early days of ministry I yeah. yeah i don't know if those are the debates now i think the debates have moved on but or have just changed because that's what happens. But yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. So when we, so when we, when we divorce it from or separate it out from uh, the other parts, and I, I do think that, and that's why I think maybe the the idea of play feels comforting to me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or I like it so much lately, uh, is because I think so much of let's say lasting evangelism that I'm seeing or just really good quality uh, stuff is happening within community mm-hmm. and not with just an individual. Um, the community aspect, I think, allows for us to relax. So like, that's where I go. The person who's just really good at the hospitality parts makes space. And the person who's really good at cooking, the person who's mm-hmm. really good at just being like, person who, who makes order out of chaos, the person who can bring levity to a situation, the person who can create beauty at a table mm-hmm. uh, through decorations, the person who can plan, uh, whether it be an event or an evening or just plan, like, or the person who initiates, like all of these things. This is what I mean by play. It's like, if I look at my life there's not much I have done that's ventured far from what I like to do when I was a kid. So as a kid, I liked to try new things mm-hmm. and be in new spaces, mm-hmm. explore with my hands and on my own until I felt like, okay, I feel like I know how to do this. Then I would try to get other people onto that <laughs> to do it also, I'd become an evangelist for it. So if I liked something, I was like, Hey, there's this really great thing. And I would learn all about it that I could. And then I would try to pass that on to others. That's what I do now. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'd become a spokesman for that thing. And that's exactly what I do now. I, I haven't ventured at all uh, from where I was very far from where I was as a kid. I still play. It's just, my play is a lot more quote unquote sophisticated. Yeah. And I'm at my best space evangelism wise when I'm engaging on those levels, because that's just who God's made me to be. And I think, I think that the church starts to really shine really well and make Jesus known when we say, Hey, these are, so part of it is, you know, a lot of people would say, Hey, what are you good at? Use that to serve the Lord. And that's kind of the old way that, that we would say it, but I don't think it, I don't think it honors the idea that, that just go out and have fun, play with it. Mm-hmm. Like God's made you who you are and you're going to best glorify him in the modes where you're just really good at that. Like your, your wife, Ziu is an eminently talented at tons of things. And, but one of the things that she's really good at is cooking and making space for lots of people and groups of people. Yeah. That should never be underestimated in the role that that has in mm-hmm. evangelism. Like we praise the guy who's up front or at a, you know, or who's out on the street or, wow, look at the way he presents the gospel and everything else. But yet, like you said, I don't know too many people who came to Christ without going, yeah, there's this group of people and they just felt different. 
Well, no. What was it about? I don't know. So you made a really good Moroccan chicken. Like, do they say that? No. But how much of a role did her Moroccan chicken or whatever yeah. have to play in that? And I think it does. I think it does. And that's where I go. That's why I say play. I, that, that's why mm-hmm, I kind of have mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. reframe it in that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, I think also we should stress a little bit that, you know, you and I, our expertise is in, you know, the, the, the modern Western kind of secular sure. Europe, North America. So, so we're also talking, so, you know, uh, obviously I'm not sure how this plays out, maybe in different contexts per se. Uh, I think the one context that, that comes to mind is more like a persecuted context, but I still, I still think there is, I, I, th- I think you're right. You can't underestimate the power of hospitality generally in the world, in a world that is normally fairly isolating, lonely, and, and where people are looking for real connections and real relationships and real acceptance. Yeah. I think, and, and, and we can talk about that as well. That's a, that's a felt need in the Western world. Like, yes, but it's a felt need everywhere yep. for all, all of time. Is, is all time is this need to belong and, and, to, and, you know, to not only belong to something higher, but also belong to something in, in the, in the real and now. And so I think that those, that, that, that there's a power in that. And that, so play creates that environment yeah. uh, for people in, in, in a myriad, and maybe in a myriad of ways. So, so, yeah, so it's going to look so, different from culture to culture. Yeah. And, and from context to context, because sure. I'm just trying to think how, you know, um, but and then my other my other thing that pops in mind is is there there's still I think at some level you've got to have you know where it should be fun and comfortable and I think this is a good this is a good question right here but there still should be some sacrifice involved some giving up of something you know it, sure. it, it, sh- it shouldn't be you know uh, I mean it's sh- I don't want to say, and you and I have been in ministry for a long time, so we understand this, right? We a lot of what we do is fun, but a lot of what we do is also fun because we give the sacrifice, or we work hard, or right. we, we put in something, or we have to trust God uh, beyond our capabilities. Right. Yeah. But it all kind of, in in its great moments, comes together in in in, in all of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like, so, you know, we love to host and mm-hmm. look, that comes as a sacrifice, even though yeah, we yeah. love to do it. Right. Because it's like, it's a lot of times you're just like, man, it would just be easier to curl up on the couch and, uh, yeah. you know, watch the kids uh, play Smash Bros or something. Uh, yeah. Or it costs football. money. And it costs money. money. Too. Yeah. 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 Time, money, effort, all of those things. Um, definitely. Definitely. But yeah. So definitely worth it. Yeah. So it, so it all plays a role. And then I also want to say, I think we, we shouldn't, this is why, the, this goes back to the whole idea of body. This is why I think the idea of body evangelism yeah. Yeah. is so important. We, we need to be careful not, and I, I want to make sure when we talk about this, I'm not being heard as saying, uh, making a really good, charcuterie board is evangelism yeah uh no it's not um it may have elements that are there in order to prepare the ground to all all sorts of things but there is a certain 
message uh, for the gospel that needs to be heard and understood. Okay, sorry about that. That's right. I don't know no, where we were. No man, so no we man were. waits. No man waits for Amazon, or no, Amazon waits for no man. That, that's exactly right. And then you get <laughs> no books, podcast. Sent, books sent sent back and all sorts of stuff. Uh, bueno, uh, okay. What are we? We're, I don't really <laughs> I don't, remember what I was saying. I don't remember what you're saying either. Well, so maybe we'll just say uh, we'll pick it back up and. Uh, and close it out since you got to leave in a couple yeah. of minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so so at the end of the day, um, continue to continue to make sure our disciples and people we work with understand the gospel so that they communicate mm-hmm. it accurately, mm-hmm. but also encourage them to play and be involved with something, be creative in the ways in which they make Jesus known and the spaces they do that because evangelism does not have to occur in a very narrow scope. Yeah. 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 I think, I think so. I think the more, I mean, I move on this is, is the thing. Yes. You, you have to proclaim the gospel. You have to talk about it. You have to talk about Jesus. Uh, But is evangelism a point in time, a moment in time of presentation? Well, yeah, it can be. We need people who are really good at communicating and, 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 and uh, giving a good sermon or a good talk or, or, or sitting down with somebody. We need that. That, that shouldn't be, but we, that's just part of the, the story. I think there's a, the whole, the whole thing is a much bigger process and a, and, and a lot more going on. And it's a conversation we had you know last week or, two weeks ago about the, the role of the Holy spirit as well. And, and, you know, the Holy spirit to quote, you know, an Irish rock singer moves into mysterious ways. Uh, and, you know, you know, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. So, uh, but my, my, I guess I mean, my point is there is like, maybe there's some play there with the Holy spirit as well. You know, in, I absolutely in, in that we, we are open to what, what Holy spirit is doing in our lives and lives of others. Uh, and and we, we don't try to microwave that, don't try to rush that, but we we step into that yeah. as well. And and the, the experience of the whole body of Christ uh, drawing people to Him. So I think we've we've kind of landed on the middle of the two extremes, right? Of, Which is uh, always a good 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 it's a good place, a good choice to do, <laughs> or a good decision to make. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, evangelism is not easy. Uh, it's not, you're putting yourself out there, it requires sacrifice. Uh, there are all a host of things that people are battling with and against us. It's a spiritual climate. There's a psychological and a political climate that you're dealing with. Uh, we're flawed creatures and trying to follow a perfect father and a perfect, a perfect savior. But, but it, at the end of the day, we're not alone in that, that the mystery of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it's good. Gosh, it's good news. Right. So Mm -hmm. if it's, if it's something that really is good and changes our lives, that at the very least should make it possible for us to, to entertain the thought of telling others. So, yep. That sounds good. Uh, What do you have? Have you seen any, Anything new? Any uh, 
Seen read anything, music, uh, any, I, anything to recommend? I, uh, I don't. I watched Return of the Jedi with my kids last night. And that's, that's uh, Riley's good. comment on the way to school today was, I like the cute little bears. Yeah, the bears. <laughs> the Ewoks. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing. I'm watching Boba. I'm watching the book of Boba Fett. The book of Boba Fett, yeah. And I'll be honest, I, it really hasn't been that good except when they brought the Mandalorian back. And then those yeah. two episodes were really good. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, there's a right. lot of plot issues there. You know, all of a sudden the the uh, Tusken Raiders are just, they're just good guys. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just like kind of come on, you, you know. <laughs> uh yeah. so it, it's fine it's you know it, it's not bad it's 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 a but obviously you know they're there's a little bit s- stretching out things a little bit also can we just get off tattooing yeah like, can we can we do go so can we go to, I, but I'll, I'll, although i will say the spinoff on this one is the vespa riding uh teenagers yeah that's kind of i cool. think they should i think they should start a band and they'll, <laughs> and it's it's a it's like a whole series of them going around playing gigs uh, and they get an agent, and and they're just trying to make it. I think that's that's the spin. Just make it, Boba just make Fett. it a comedy. <laughs> I don't. Know, yeah, it could be a comedy. It could be. I don't. Know, it could be a lot of things. I just. I think there's a lot of there's a lot to explore there. Uh, <laughs> we could get into art, the arts of Star Wars, right? The, the okay, music but, scene. But, okay, never. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We're gonna close with this. Uh-huh. For John Favreau, mm-hmm. you know, Iron Man and marvel and chef and this boba fett and mandalorian they're all play they're all play yeah yeah but he's created some incredible things Mm -hmm. this is what i mean by evangelism is play if people Mm -hmm. just did things but the trueness and the beauty of the gospel just came forth doesn't mean you have to be pushing it it just means jesus is beautiful so make beautiful things that reflect him it makes the task of evangelism or whatever easier more plausible i don't know yeah well did you see the did you see the stephen colbert clip no i didn't you sent it and i forgot i forgot to yeah well it was it was it was everywhere for a while but he he was asked about his faith and his comedy by dua lipa who is an albanian english pop singer you're not familiar with her her work uh, but she 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 asked him about his faith and his comedy, how they inform each other, and he gave an incredible answer, huh. where he mentioned how his comedy is informed by Jesus because uh, it, we have two options when we deal with heartache and pain: is one is to turn to evil and and try to overcome our pain through evil, but Christ calls us to good, and Christ calls because He has defeated death, and so we can therefore laugh at it. And so he, he talked about how, I mean, he didn't say it. He said it a lot better than I did. Huh. And he said, but he made a very profound. So he's a comedian, right? Yeah, right. But he made a very profound theological statement about the gospel and how it apply, applies to comedy. You know, and, and that's, so it's, that's cool. it's fascinating. It's fascinating. fascinating. So if, if, you, if, if you're out there, if you haven't, just go click on YouTube. Go, click on the old YouTube and, and, and in the search box, put in like Stephen Colbert, comedy yeah, and faith. He, and I think it'll you pop even up. sent the link, so I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll check it out. I just haven't had yeah. time. No, I just say for, for anyone out there. Who has oh, anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to, to go to, to, to do it, and, and it's it's a really good, uh, I think, example of what you're talking about, of how play can actually uh, communicate the gospel in, in, in a much prof- in a deeper and profound way. Because obviously comedy is it's just play to yeah. some degree. Yeah. 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 
All right, man. Well, uh, you, you and Stephen Colbert, man. It's uh, there. You go. I I think there's something to it. I could write a pamphlet. Maybe I'll write a pamphlet. I can't write a book. I don't think any. I, don't, I never have any uh, good enough ideas to write an entire book on. But most books should be pamphlets anyway. Good training. I do training. <laughs> And with that, until next time, my friend. <laughs> Great to see you. Uh, enjoy your day and uh, buen camino. <laughs>